You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. You are now tuned in to the quiet storm at the metaphysical dentist. The doctor's in. With your host, Selene. Thanks for joining us for another session of Metaphysical Dentist, where we discuss all the things that most people don't want to talk about. And so today we're going to be discussing realizing your house is haunted and what to do and what that feels like. And we look forward to sharing this time with you. We'd like to first thank you all for for listening to our um, first podcast and showing your support on social media. We really enjoyed talking to you. I'd like everybody to go join the Metaphysical group on Facebook so you can discuss this episode and new episodes you'd like to hear about. And if you'd ever like to be a part of the podcast or at least a guest on here, please let us know because uh, we love hearing different people's perspectives. Starting off, going to give you some background on that house um, and why we moved in. So this was back uh, in 2013, and we were living in Lynchburg, um, and Chris had just had his really bad accident. He had uh, a traumatic brain injury and had a hard time, like, kind of coming back online for a minute. Um, So we had some struggles, and we decided to move down to North Carolina. Um, My parents had a small farm there, and they kind of needed some help, and we just needed a little bit of a break to kind of catch our breath. So that was when we first moved down there. Um, But we were starting to, of course, you remember we were experiencing some stuff at our house there that was unusual. Yeah, it was almost a precursor to what we went through in North Carolina. Um, We used to hear voices. We'd go in the bathroom at one end of the house, and you would hear, I would hear Tina's voice, like, calling my name. And then I would come out immediately after, and she was in the bedroom on the other end of the house. Yeah, and I'd go back there and go to the bathroom, and I'd hear Chris calling me. Um, and I'd be like, what, what, you know? And uh, I'd come out, and he would be just totally clueless. Like, he didn't say anything, didn't know anything. So, But we were dealing with so much... Um, at that moment, you know, I had to put my dog to sleep, and he had just had that traumatic brain injury, and we just had too much going on, and it was kind of one of those things where I was always, like, um, you know, pushing it to the side, not really wanting to acknowledge it. Um, and me having a new brain injury, I wasn't real sure about myself because I had to learn to walk again without falling, and I had a lot of weird stuff happening in my own body. I was learning I couldn't trust the things that I would see sometimes in here yeah it was it was pretty wild to hear things like that so when we got down there um the house itself was a little bit in disarray because my mom and and my stepdad bill they had moved down there they hadn't even really finished unpacking yet so there was just boxes everywhere all through the house they kind of like had a path going bill was having heart problems then i think it was like he was getting ready to have a triple bypass surgery so it was just kind of a lot going on with them and then just the house was kind of not put away not organized and all of that so we got down there and started organizing the house putting away the boxes trying to get it cleaned up and you know feeling like a home again it wasn't long that we were there that we started seeing stuff um so first thing what do you remember the first thing was what like the ghost kitty i used to see the um it was in the shape of a cat it was um really dark and you'd see it at the corner of your eye, but it was it was enough to make you question what you're seeing, like whether it was a shadow from something else. Yeah, and my mom had had a friend of hers previously stay with her for a little while who used to see it as well. I saw, like, basically a, like the size of a bobcat, and I remember one night I was in the living room by myself, and it kind of 
basically jumped in front of me, and I saw it, like, full on. But it was just the outline of a of, of yeah, ghost didn't, bobcat. Yeah, didn't have any features, like facial features. Mm-hmm. It was disconcerting, but I wasn't really terrified of it. I was just kind of like, whoa, this is different. And then, you know, it started, like, in the bathroom. Like, in the bathroom, seems like a lot of stuff happened to both you and me. Everyone that went there was uneasy in that section of the house, in that hallway, in that bathroom. It always seemed to make you feel a certain way when you were in there. Yeah, and um, Chris was also, like, having, for lack of a better term, seizures where he would just lose consciousness, and often, like, he would feel something push him in that bathroom. One time I had something push me, um, and I just totally fell backwards into the bathtub and hit my head. A lot of weird stuff. Uh, one time I was I went to wash my face in the morning, and these weren't, like, old faucets that came loose, but I went to wash my face. I'm washing my face, and... I'm sorry, before I wash my face. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking about it, and all of a sudden, the hot water cuts on by itself. And I was like, okay, this is weird. First thing in the morning, I just must be half asleep, half dreaming. But then, like, another day I was washing my face, and I actually heard somebody and felt somebody come behind me to the point where I thought it was Chris, like, standing right up next to me, like, breathing down my neck. Heard the, the boards creak in the floor around me. Um... And I'm just talking to him, and he's not answering. And I'm like, okay, all right, way to be creepy. <laughs> uh, but as soon as I get the soap out of my eye, I, like I look in the mirror, and I see nobody standing behind me, but I still feel something. The mirror was always a, a hot spot for this stuff. When you looked in the mirror, you would see things. Like move behind off you. Off in the distance. Uh-huh. But it was enough to make you question if you saw it. Right. And like, like with my brain injury... I had a lot of foggy days that I don't remember well, and um, I didn't really trust what I felt or what I saw a lot of times, but um, I felt a lot of stuff, too, before we really started talking about it, you know? And then we started, like, hearing and seeing a lot of the same thing together, like, the night we were in laying in bed, and we, like, literally, like, heard some kind of animal and it wasn't, it wasn't the dogs that we were used to, but we heard an animal, like, come in and, like, bump into stuff around the wall and, like, kind of yeah. growl, and nothing was down there. And I remember you go, did you hear that? And I was like, yep, just go to sleep. <laughs> the, the dogs they had, too, would, would chase things that wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. there, you remember? Yeah, yeah. They would, I, they say that pets are a lot more sensitive, you know, with their senses than we are. But... And then once we had, like, we had uh, the the colony of cats that descended upon the farm. Um, <laughs> they were drawn to that. Yeah. Um, so all kinds of things going on. Um, of course, your usual sort of shadow figures started popping up. And and then we noticed that in the horse field that, you know, our horses were scared of the round pen area. Um, and it was it had, like, good grass. So we were like, hey, why don't you go and get some good grass in the round pen? And they were like, nope. <laughs> and the horse said, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I'm like, what's up with this round pen? Like, why won't you come in here? And, like, I remember walking in there and just feeling, like, something off. And I would lose hearing in one of my ears. And we would feel, like, heat coming off the ground. Yeah, it would make it would make me dizzy when I walked in there. Immediately, and, I would feel different than, you know, standing right outside of it. Mm-hmm. I was so curious. I was like, what's like, what's the cause? What's going on? What's different about this? Um, so I kept going in there. 
and like looking and I did notice some weird stuff. I don't know how weird it is, but it seemed weird to me that um, it seemed like there was heat coming out of the ground for one, like strong heat. And then also there was like, uh, it looked like some, some red tinge, like grass and vegetation in that area. Um, like iron oxide basically was, you know, influencing the color of the plants. And I'm not a scientist, so I don't know technically what that is. But the more I started looking, the more I started seeing, like, there was giant pieces of, like, smoky quartz crystal everywhere. Um, still didn't know what it was, but I had heard, like, some things like, um, you know, the Native Americans used to bury their dead and mark their graves with uh, smoky quartz. So... We had some stuff going on, but it wasn't, like, really, really scary yet. Um, for me, I was just like, what's going on? This is crazy. Um, never experienced this much at one, you know, in one time. The bad the bad part was, like, all of my life I had to shield myself because I was very sensitive to energies and stuff. And after my accident, you know, my personality changed. I just I had to learn emotions again and how to deal with them and all the the safety the safety measures I took before to make sure you know nothing like that happened was gone so mm -hmm. I had to on top of my brain injuries and dealing with the memory loss and you know the, the depression really from losing my career and um, everything I had to learn how to guard myself against this because this house was so active in the beginning you know, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to figure out a way to shield myself and stay grounded when it was difficult to even stand up on the ground. You mm -hmm. know, it, it was it was rough. You know, I had a hard time, and then not trusting my my brain. Mm -hmm. Like there was many times when I would see something or hear something, and not say anything just for the simple fact that I didn't want to sound crazy. Well, I don't want to worry you. you right. Know. I, like, my whole life I've been experiencing um, strange stuff uh, that I just pushed to the side. Like, we just didn't talk about that. You know, half the time I didn't know if, like, I was just perceiving something strange or or what. But, yeah, we you don't really talk about that um, too much. And you never know how much is you, how much, you know, whatever. I think it really hit home with us when we started to experience things together and see the same things. And it was like, okay, okay, it's not a hallucination. It's You also heard from your mother's friend that lived in that room before we moved in. Right. And she had a lot of the same experiences. Somehow y'all got to talking about it and, mm -hmm. and she confirmed seeing like the cat figure. And, right, right. Um, hearing stuff and feeling uneasy in the same place as we were. And noticing, like, that the horses didn't want to go in the round yeah. pen and they were acting weird about it. Um, we also had free-range chickens, you know, then, and um, it was cool. I mean, honestly, like, at first it was just odd, um, a little disconcerting, but I love animals, and I was really happy to, like, I had just lost, you know, remember I had just lost Widget yeah. um, when we were up in Virginia, which she was, she was like my little fur baby for sure, and it was, it, it broke my heart, so... I kind of took solace in hanging out with the horses and, you know, I enjoyed the chickens. I enjoyed like that little animal farm life. Um, definitely was, was a bright part of my time there. 
Um, but noticing that whatever was in the field or whatever sort of presence that was going on there, it made the horses really uncomfortable and like Buddy was just terrified all the time. So that was, that bothered me. Um, and then it was kind of like for a while, it was like, well, if I can't fix it or I can't change it, then I just need to ignore it, you know? Yeah, my kids, my kids too, when they started coming down there, they immediately started making comments about mm -hmm. seeing me come in the room when I was somewhere else mm -hmm. or, um, or talking to me or hearing me talk and I wasn't there. They, they from the beginning, because they're very sensitive too, they started mm -hmm. seeing all the things too. So it's, it was literally everybody that come in there for any amount mm -hmm. of time right. had some sort of experience and most of the people never believed in that until the, you know, a lot of people didn't talk about it just because it was so strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's such a stigma about things like that. Well, um, I, I know things started ramping up um, spiritually, and it seemed to be, like, draining us as well. There was a lot of depression in the house, too, because your, your stepfather was sick, mm -hmm. and your mother was having a hard time dealing with it and it was a I, my, I had depression brain injury i was vulnerable to a lot of this stuff and you know you was dealing with everything I so everybody had a lot of yeah. chaotic energy mm -hmm. and and you know we had our dark days where it didn't take much to push us into you know depression like Right, I think we, we definitely, like, had an issue with depression, all of us. Now we know, though, that, like, that's the oppression that mm -hmm. you feel sometimes from these negative entities and, mm -hmm. and you know, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I would describe some of it as demonic, you know. For sure. Very yeah. aggressive, you know, interacting with the physical world. Mm -hmm. To me, that's something a little more dangerous than just, you know, a ghost that happens to wander through your house. Yeah, no, it was like Grand Central Station for pretty much every yeah. <laughs> every metaphysical type of entity you could imagine um, there. Um, seeing people, well, I should say not people, but I saw, like, ghosts from all different kinds of time periods. And there was never a day that something didn't happen to, right. to one of us. Normally it was, you know... A few times every day, you know. Well, and and then Chris, you had like Chris had like uh, I don't know, like forty concussions in a year. It seemed like, um, and so it was just yeah. over and over. Like, and these weren't like little falls. These were like major falls where you had to have a CT scan almost every time, and there was lots of I, blood I loss. Shed gallons of blood, and most of it was in the bathroom where this activity happened, and um. Mm -hmm. A few times it, I felt, literally felt hands on my back before I blacked out. Mm -hmm. And I normally, I never felt when I landed. So I was out standing up, you know. And we were literally just trying to survive all of that. So it was kind of like, you know, where do you put your energy in just trying to maintain and, you know, just get by. And for us it was, you know, making sure that he was okay and, trying to keep him from falling or hurting his head and you know as me, far as me it was protecting everybody in there because that's that's how i am but i couldn't even do anything for myself and um it started making me frustrated because 
you know, it's like it would one of you would have an experience and it would scare you and and it would I had them too they would scare me but as a protector I want to help you you all mm -hmm. and your mom and your stepdad was going through so much I wanted to protect you all from it because Bill was having his medical issues your mother was dealing with you know the the love of her life going, through going down and you was trying to hold everybody together on top of taking care of me. And one day I got frustrated and, and you know, I, I kind of yelled out loud, like, you know, come come mess with me. Leave him alone. Leave, leave the girls alone if, if you, if you want to fight. Yeah, I had the no one. idea you were you were doing that. But. I felt hopeless at that moment, like in, in my medical yeah. condition. Right. I didn't feel like I had a lot of time. I'd had, you know, there yeah. was days, there was weeks I went to to the hospital in the ambulance three times. Yeah. I um, didn't recover. And these was yeah. concussions on concussions. You start to feel hopeless. like. Well, and then there was like, like blood everywhere. There's a couple of times I thought I had lost you. And I was, I was starting to get really scared. Bill was in, in really bad shape and you know, we all were depressed. I mean, clearly we were all depressed. I think everybody in the house felt hopeless. Oppressed. Oppressed, yeah, oppressed definitely and oppressed. It was... um, and then one day, you know, Bill woke up and he was having problems breathing. And, you know, I didn't know what to do, but I, I knew that he, like, we needed to call the ambulance. And it was, it was a very sad day. And we lost him unexpectedly that day. Um, like basically the ambulance got to the hospital and we were there and we were waiting to go back and see him and they kept saying it'll be a minute and then you know they came out with you know bad news um like yeah. and with the the preacher and it was just shocking like I was just in disbelief and I, I know it you never plan on these kinds of things but it it was just uh it was just bad like I, it's hard to even talk about it yeah so um yeah it was and then, you know, then really, like, everybody kind of went to hell because we were all, like, so sad. My mom was, like, just kind of losing it. And, um, like, it was starting to affect the animals at this point. Like, um, and basically, long story short, with the dogs, like, the dogs, they were really close to Bill. And, and they were older dogs, but they started to go downhill. Like, both of them came to me and was, like, trying to tell me something. And they kept going under the deck, like they were trying to say goodbye. Um, Seymour had terrible diabetes, and uh, it was just, it was bad. Like both of them ended up passing away. Um, that day, uh, um, their neighbor come over and saw me in the driveway and thought I was your brother, and he, he was very aggressive with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, well, I know something happened to Bill, and I'm sorry about that, but you gotta keep them dogs quiet. We made an agreement. I said, this is not the time for that. I said, you're lucky mm -hmm. it wasn't Charlie, Bill's son, you know, your brother, mm -hmm. because he wouldn't have took it like I did. Well, there was, was something crazy about that, oh, too. Oh, yeah, he was very aggressive. We later found out he had brain cancer. Well, we were in the country, right? We're in the country, and so we're not, like, all on top of each other, and, like, you know, the dogs, the dogs bark. I guess they were annoying sometimes, but, um, you know. His... his Anger didn't match the situation. Mm -hmm. It was right. very aggressive. Well, it was like a month. It was like 30 days of just pure, just 
emotional just destruction. So, you know, we had lost Bill. And then both the dogs, you know, they, they died. Then um, one of the horses, and one of the horses was old, but he happened to fall down in the field um, during a holiday weekend. And, you know, I don't know if y'all know about a horse, but sometimes if a horse falls down and can't, and can't get back up, especially if they're older like that, um, you have to put them down because their stuff starts shifting inside of them, and it's, it's like torture. It's, like, really painful. Yeah. I mean, and Dallas was like, I don't know, I think he was like 25 or something. He was really old for a horse. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, was very, it was very traumatic because, because we couldn't get a vet out there. Um, we had to, you know, uh, put him down ourselves. And it, it was a snowball of death and pain and darkness. It, that just, it was. It kept rolling and getting bigger. Yeah. And you keep thinking, this has got to be the last thing that happens. Mm, yeah, no. And it just kept going right and then the next thing that happened was like you know one day we came home and the free-range chickens were in the front yard being eaten by two golden retrievers which yeah. aren't you know they're not like aggressive dogs yeah. or anything we'd never even seen them before they were like, tearing it apart like a lion they were uh, fighting was, each other to to tear it up it was it was it was hard i'm an animal lover and yeah it was it was just a ghastly scene on top of especially on top of everything else and so you know, there was that. And then, literally, I think it was like a week later, um, one night, the next-door neighbor, who always was fussing about the dogs, um, apparently went into the woods behind our house and, and shot himself. Um, so all of a sudden, like, one night, we start seeing, like, the paddy wagon go back into the woods. And we're like, what is going on? Yeah, it was. And, I mean, it was just definitely. We knew it was bad. We didn't have no idea what had happened there. And, yeah, an area of evil. And then... Like, spiritually, like, we're all, like, super depressed. We, we feel in despair. We just feel like there's a sense of loss and hopelessness in the house. And and my mom was grieving, and, you know, her and Bill had been together most of, you know, most of their adult lives, you know, like, for her. I think they've been together, like, 25 years. Yeah. Um, and she was just lost with grief, you know. It seems like when, when pain and depression, you know, mm -hmm. the, the more it rises, the more certain dark, Things feed upon it and seem to gain power mm -hmm. and they get bolder and you know they attack you more and it's more aggressive mm -hmm. it just seems like as you go down you know the yeah, activity goes up. goes up and it gets more intense on yeah it. it feeds on your sadness fear despair all of those negative yeah. things um and then we started seeing a lot more like i noticed i was seeing shadow figures and I know my mom was, like, talking to him because she thought, like, Bill was trying to talk to her. Yeah. Um, and we were just seeing, like, just different kinds of ghosts. Um, one day we were, like, in the field. Well, we were in the – we had an above-ground pool. We yeah. were in the pool. And I looked out into the field, and I saw, like, I don't know. It looked like Quakers, a whole bunch of them, yeah. like, coming closer, like, you know – in freeze frames, and then or like Civil War era clothes. That's yeah, well, what they're it dressed in black and yeah, yeah, maybe Civil War. Era. But um, I, I was like just open mouthed, and I looked at Chris, and he's looking too, and he says, "I see it too," and like literally, we're seeing the same thing. Um, so just like way too much going on. It looked like a film strip. They flickered as they moved. They flickered like, like it was a messed up 
tape playing. Right, right, right. Like and, they weren't fluid. But all of them, I, I don't know if you remember that, but they all were staring directly at us. Yeah, I remember. It was creepy. It was and, super creepy. Yeah, and like moving a little bit forward. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know. I remember Sarah, like, she'd come over and visit, but she would, she'd be like, mm I'm leaving before it gets dark. She yeah. was like, mm, something bad out there. Yeah. Um, and then the chickens, the what was left of the chickens, they were, like, trying to come up and stay as close to the door as they possibly could. Like, they, they had given up on going to their roost yeah. and was trying just to come up on the front porch. And at this point, we had about 20 cats. We had two show Living outside, yeah. Right before this. Within a matter of about six months, we had 20 cats just from the two that showed up. Right. And um, they hung out outside, you know, around the door. And um, it, it was weird the way they congregated. Yeah, I remember trying to call, like, um, somebody to come and help us round up the cats, like, you know, animal And, control. of course, nobody wanted to come pick them up. Yeah. Because cats are <laughs> dime a dozen. Right. But yeah, they were like just reproducing and flocking to that area. I had never seen anything like this before. Um, and then Buddy, poor Buddy, Buddy was our horse. Um, it was his companion, Dallas, that we had to put down. So Buddy was there alone, and I just remember feeling so bad for him. Like, luckily we found him a good home, but like I felt like he was just getting more scared. He was more terrified. Um, and so, anyway just back to like what was going on there and the things we started to take more notice of because clearly we were being, it was it was a definitely an aggressive thing going on. Yeah, it was under attack. And, and we were seeing more and more. So like when I say Grand Central Station, truly mean that, um, we were seeing like I saw, I, there was one that liked to hang out that looked like a bootlegger. Yeah. And he had an evil look with like these yellow eyes. With a hat that always showed yeah. up. He and would be right at, at your people. face. Like he'd be up near your face when mm -hmm. you see him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he would dis disappear. And then so, and we would try, let's see, we tried just, you know, using the Bible and like praying and using and, and asking Jesus Christ to help us. And it did. Um, but it just like, it was like, I just couldn't keep up with it. it like we even much. heard, yeah. we even heard we had some sage. We were burning some sage then trying to. We found, um, sage and smudge shop. Oh yeah. Zebulon. Yeah. We found a metaphysical shop. In hey, Zebulon. Pat and Carrie. Yep. Um, <laughs> they were, they awesome. were lifesavers for us as far as just like having somebody to talk to. It was like having a therapist that didn't think you were crazy for talking about this kind yeah, of stuff. Helping us through it. Helping know, us through it. Whenever we would go in there, it would be, you know, several people, and this is a small town. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they were doing really well there to be, you know, a was, shop that country, you know, country people probably wouldn't necessarily go to. It was a lot of people, I noticed a lot of people looking like they were buying smudge, I mean, yeah, sage to smudge yeah. with, and um, looking, actually looking scared. I, I mean, yeah. I just recognized I, that. I saw that a lot, too. Um, but we did try, like, contacting some churches um, to seek out, like, some sort of, can somebody come and help us? How do we deal with this? And, you know, um, couldn't get any response. And then I remember we asked, like, the people, uh, Pat and Carrie at Sage and Smudge, like, hey, um, what do you do in this situation? You know, like, who do you call? And they uh, they gave us some recommendations. One of them, they, they gave me a psychic to call and... 
Um, yeah, that she didn't even call me back. I guess she saw <laughs> it was a lot there. She's a psychic. She probably yeah. knew what was waiting on her if yeah, she did call. Right. So. And then they gave me um, the number of a shaman who, truly amazing, like, um, wasn't what I expected. I didn't know what to expect, you know. Um, and I come from a Native American background, but we had never talked about that or anything. And, you know, I was just kind of scared. But the first time I called him, I was talking to him. We had told him about what was going on, and it didn't scare him. Um, but he he was, like, immediately, like, uh, he was on point. Like, he asked us, like, hey, do you have, like, a, cat, a, a strange catty corner sort of wall yeah, in your living room? Mm-hmm. And that was where the fireplace was. And I said, yes. And he said, there is a lady in there, and she's, you know, dressed in, it looks yeah. like she's a bride. Like, she's dressed dress. in white. And he was like, um, go in there and just, you know, ask her to please go home. And I was like. We both walked in there, and you could see the and the, the reflection of the dry, of the and fireplace. the reflection of the glass on the fireplace, as he's telling us that, and he'd never been there before. Right, and that was the same spot, like that that whole area where we were where seeing it, stuff yeah. being moved That's around. Where it was when I was watching. It, yeah, you know, like lifting just, in front of her eyes by itself, and I guess she just didn't like the way we decorated. Um, yeah, she. But she wasn't one of the aggressive ones. Like it was like she was just there. Like I said, this place was like Grand Central Station. Um, I, I did walk into my mom's room once when I kept hearing her, you know, talk, talk to somebody and I, I walked in to like see who she was talking to. And I remember like seeing something I had never seen before and really couldn't explain. All I can tell you is that it looked like a dumbwaiter, um, that like was on the wall that just opened. And it was like, I was seeing like a light that had every color of the rainbow in it. And then it just went away. And I'm like, what did I just see? Am I seeing stuff? I ran up to the wall. I put my hand on it. It felt hot. And um, so anyway, we, we get the shaman. We get Roland out there to come and check it out. And um, I had told him about, like, what I had seen there in Mom's room, like what looked like the dumbwaiter and stuff. And he, he said it sounds like a portal. He walks in and, like, literally goes right to where it would have been. Yeah. Um, on the wall. And so basically he's like, yeah, you've got uh, like a train station here. And and he said the first thing we have to do is cover up the mirrors because the the spirits can jump in or demons or whatever can jump in the mirror and appear in another mirror in your house. So if you're having a lot of activity, uh, remove some of the mirrors. Mm-hmm. They seem to be like a... Um, and strangely enough, like, there was a big mirror in my mom's room right across from where that portal thing was on the wall. But, um, yeah, he came in, and he he actually worked outside since we had seen so much outside. And, you know, we had told him, like, we've experienced a lot of loss here, a lot of pain here. And, a lot of like, blood. I don't care who helps us. I just really need some help, you know. It was beyond, like, feeling, you know, religious and worried, like, we were just happy to have somebody that was actually willing to help us. Anybody to mm-hmm. eat. also just confirm like what we were seeing mm-hmm. and and you know even though we knew this was really happening, he kind of confirmed that we wasn't crazy that this happens. Yeah. You know, and he was picking up like whatever was going on outside. He said, you know, basically something really bad happened here a long time ago. I don't know when. I don't know what exactly, but I know that there was something where there was like a tragedy, a loss, like a huge loss of life. 
And so he was saying, you know, he felt like, or not he felt like, he knew that some of those spirits were just lost, like, you know, didn't know how to go home. And, you know, he was trying to tell them, hey, go home, you need to go home. But the he did say, like, some of those spirits were, like, angry about whatever had happened all those years ago. And really, they wanted to stick around because they wanted revenge, even though it wasn't us that did it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, being outside at night was... Um, kind of something we all knew like eh, maybe you shouldn't do that if you feel in a certain way he also um when he first went in i think he made a comment like whoa like slow down you know like mm-hmm. like they were rushing, rushing up to him because i suppose they know who can interact with them more well we were just scared to it wasn't that we weren't seeing him and noticing him yeah. but i just like I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. You, you know? have to really watch what you give your energy to right. and, and this sort of thing. I did have, like, that feeling inside, like, don't feed it fear. Like, try even if I felt scared, I didn't want to act scared. I felt like it gave it power. Um, there were some nasty things there, too. Like, definitely what I would call demonic, like you said. Um, yeah. I don't even want to talk about them. We're not going to go there. Um, yeah, I will. Uh-huh. So, you know... As I'm having these seizures, you know, more often than not, I would, I would feel, I would feel the hands on me like I was saying, and then it got to where I would hear something talk and then push me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's only so many times that can happen, and you can't write it off as you're just imagining things. Right. And I, I I was skeptical about a lot of things. You know, I, I saw and I saw ghosts and whatever shadow people a lot in my life, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen them like physically interact with people. Mm-hmm. Like scratch us and everything, yeah. And I really I really have a feeling that they're they're attracted to to people that are sick, people that um like like I was going through you know traumatic events you know health wise and, and sadness and, and hopelessness yeah it was like we created a perfect storm for these to just thrive and you know have free mm-hmm. reign all over the house and you know all of our pain just fed it it just kept growing and you don't you don't realize until you're removed from it like you know how intense it was and the effects it has on you I lost you one time. Yeah, like you I choked just, in front of me one time and was gone, yeah, eyes pull. open. Well, that was something propelled me over the bed and I like jumped over the bed. Yeah. I think it wasn't like me. I'm not that quick. I'm kind of slow. I was choking and I was walking trying to run in the bathroom and um you Yeah, I just I blacked out. Everything went black. And I started seeing snakes weave in and out of each other right above my head and it was completely black I didn't feel scared I like felt relief you know like kind of like a body experience or near-death experience where you just feel at ease I didn't even I I didn't have time to think like I, I feel like there was definitely like I had guardian angels watching over us yeah. or trying to but um it definitely propelled me forward I, bro- jumped I actually over the broke bed. the floor that time. You remember yeah, after that, yeah. we had a dent in the floor, mm-hmm. and we'd walk, and it would... Yeah, but I he was choking, and he was on his back. Like, you were choking, and you were on your back. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I've done the Heimlich maneuver before, but I'd never done it in that angle. But somehow, um, I was able, like, I was guided to just grab you in the right spot, and yeah. then, 
yeah. And I'm not, a little, I'm not a little guy. <laughs> and um, came back. So, like, it was at least once a week that I thought I was going to lose Chris. And, um, you know, it definitely put everything in perspective. Like, you learn what's important, what's not important. Um, and I'd already decided that this was the end. You know, yeah, he the was doctors and the neurologist said, Duke, we're telling me, you know, you can't keep taking these. You yeah, know, you were cut day, off from CT scans. One day you're not going to get up. And you start to believe that after a while. We had some interesting, like, it wasn't all bad. Like, I had some good experiences. I definitely had more of an awakening there. Than, it was like an accelerated awakening. Um, yeah, we started right That was park. when I um, definitely started really getting interested again in crystals because I think I've always been a rock hound my life but the crystals were like um something I felt uh, yeah, crazy as it sounds I felt like they were my friends um and I started getting like the basically downloads from God as I call them where you just get some information you don't know where it came from and it, it started there um and then we had like that cool experience, or I don't want to say cool, but it wasn't scary like all the other ones with the ectoplasm, right? Oh, yeah, the orb. The that orb, was... we didn't know what to call it. So this was one of our shared experiences where we both saw, felt, and experienced the same thing at once. In broad daylight. In broad daylight and <laughs> summer. Completely sober. Yeah, annoyingly sober. Annoyingly sober. At that time. Like... Sunday morning sober. I was laying on the bed behind Tina. And like I said, it was in the middle of the daytime. The fan was blowing like on us, the box fan. And um, I was laying behind her with my arm around her. And I, something caught my eye right above her head. And it was a black, it looked, it looked smoky, but it was opaque. You couldn't see through it at all. It, it was really black. And... This is in the daylight, so, you know, everything in contrast is white, the ceiling, the walls. So I watch it raise up, and it gets about halfway to the ceiling, and I, that's when I tapped you on the back. And I said, look. Yeah, and you said it had come out of the back of and my head, right? Yeah, okay. you immediately saw it, like what I was pointing at. <laughs> yeah, and at that point, it was like we were we were kind of dazed. Like, I was like, I wanted to say, what is that, and... Oh my goodness, but I couldn't talk, you couldn't talk. It, it was like, like a baby UFO <laughs> flying around yeah, the, the bedroom, you know. It was definitely sentient and like it would it came down and it like defied physics like, it, it moved really intelligently too, mm -hmm. you know, and deliberately. And mm -hmm. the, like the fan was blowing towards it. So at like full speed. <laughs> immediately I didn't feel like it was dust. It just well, and it was dark. It was like yeah. a black ball. And then it grew a tail, and it just hovered above the bed. It started doing figure eights oh, right yeah. on the ceiling, and the tail started coming out. So it started to look like a, a snake almost, you know. Kind of like a sperm. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, yeah. Um, but it, it came, and it, like, hovered and just hovered in place, uh, you know, about six inches above the bed. Right above the mirror, yeah. And and then finally, I, like, I was able to move, and I, all I could think was, I want to touch it. What is this, you know? Um, and I go to touch it, and it, like, just, it just, it won't let me touch it. It just it rushes like it was straight into Chris's chest. Like an arrow. It shot yeah. from there to my chest within, you know, fractions of a second. He had on a white T-shirt, and I had, like, a stack of white washcloths right by me. So immediately I just grab a white washcloth, and I'm trying to rub it off his shirt. Like, what is this? Was it smoke, hair, a ball of, you know, 
what do you do when you can't make sense of what you see? Yeah, we I, we looked at the shirt right as soon as it happened, and it, it wasn't nothing there. Like we we was we, we were always all, gonna find something on my white shirt oh. that there was nothing. We weren't scared though. It was kind of like we were mesmerized. I, yeah, I never felt like even when it hit me. I didn't feel any different. I got chills just from, you know, something crazy happening like that. Of course, by then we were all war veterans when it came to all this stuff, you know? Yeah, that thing was child's play compared to what we normally see in the house. Right. And we didn't know what it was forever. Like, um, I kept, like, trying to figure out what kind of orb, you know, it was that didn't have light coming from it. Um, you think of orb, it's normally a light color, you know, and, uh-huh. you know, in darkness, so it stands out. This was this was black in broad daylight against white background. Right. It just, I don't know. And then just this year, like I was reading somewhere, and I came across what made more sense, and that was uh, that it was ectoplasm. Yeah. Um, and basically, ectoplasm uses um, like the skin cells and the physical stuff. You know, it's a spirit that draws off a physical medium's And it's um, a really body. weak spirit. It's really a low-level, you know, um, apparition that, that has no power. And that's the most power it has just to be visible. You right. know, most of them appear to be something bigger and grander or, mm-hmm. you know, more intimidating. And it what it does is it's like, uh, it's drawing off your energy, so... That was the the big awakening I had was, okay, maybe everywhere I go is not haunted. Maybe I'm just able to see this better than maybe the next person. Yeah. Um, so anyway, through some books that we were reading, or I was reading actually, kind of doing research on different stuff, I came across the term ectoplasm, and I'm like, ectoplasm? Isn't that the thing in Ghostbusters, <laughs> yeah, you know? But back in like the 1920s during the spiritualist movement, um, physical mediums were kind of common, and they're, I guess they're wired uh, more like a battery, and the a spirit can draw off their energy and come into physical form. Unfortunately, a lot of those um, seances and stuff that ended up being fake, they would fake them to yeah. make more money, right. which, you know, diminished real claims that people probably had back Right, then. yeah, and I just read recently that ectoplasm doesn't really exist anymore, and I'm here to tell you that this was definitely real. Um, we got slimed. Yeah, essentially, like sort of <laughs> but that was something that wasn't so scary that kind of was more of a mystery all this time yeah. until this year and I was reading on that and that made more sense than it being an orb because there was no light and it was actually like you saw it come out of the back yeah. of my head um, yeah. it was a big mystery to me because I'm like was I possessed so it's like <laughs> what you know am I evil and it doesn't seem that we way immediately didn't feel any um, uneasiness or fear from it it was mm-hmm. But there was way too much going on in that house. Um, and, like, there was something very dark and aggressive that would not leave and um, was just kind of building on our fear, our negative emotions. And it became clear, um, due to some other reasons in the family, that we need to get out of there. Like, so first of all, my mom needed to sell that house. And I just felt like my job was making sure she got out and somewhere safe and, like, our number one goal was to get out of there. We were terrified by the time we left. And, I, and just, I'd, I'd started seeing a demon. 
Um, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say, I'm gonna call it what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this this demon that I was seeing, you know, the only thing I can describe it as is like um, Jeepers Creepers. You know the mm-hmm. the the char- the main character in Jeepers Creepers. It was dark, like black, jet black, but it had scales, and its eyes glowed. And it it would hang out in the garage. It would sit in the rafters mm-hmm. and lurk over people, and just mm-hmm. wait and it was tall. <laughs> it I was saw it tall. too. It was. It scared me. I was terrified. It was terrified. at least a foot taller than me. I'm. I'm six foot, and I looked up to it the day it grabbed me, and I quit going in the garage. That day, it actually tossed me. Do you remember my when I when my neck mm-hmm. got cut on the steps? Mm-hmm. Before that, it happened. I was hit in the back of the head. Something flew and hit me. Mm-hmm. Later, I found out it was a wrench because my blood was on it. Mm-hmm. So you remember when you come out and found me on the steps bleeding out? Yeah, I had a knot on the back of my head. On. Yeah, that was from that demon, and it, it spoke to me off. It, it was very aggressive, oppressive. It was. It, it wanted to. It wanted to. It wanted everyone to die. Yeah. It wanted everyone to bleed. It. It wanted everyone to suffer and it pretty much succeeded at that point i was just i think we were at the point where like why do why are we keeping fighting this let's just go um the last few nights we were both getting scratches on us in our sleep oh yeah i was and we we left we we packed as much stuff as we could in the car that night i i was laying in the bed facing you Uh uh-huh and my back was to the wall Uh you remember we kept hearing the noise over in the corner right by the bed yeah and and something clawed me like it felt like fire running down my back. Mm-hmm. Left three scratches. Yeah, yeah, left three scratches, and we just couldn't wait to get out of here. We had been like we felt like all we were the way up until the life. point when we left. We was spraying holy water. We was praying. We was doing everything humanly possible to get rid of this because. And we had a lot of assistance. Yeah. Really, yeah. And. We all was very lucky to escape with that life, especially me, because it focused on me, I think, because of my injuries and... And because and you me, called it. me taunting yeah. it. So, like, this is a warning out there. Don't don't play with things like that. Like, I knew when, don't I, challenge I, knew when I did it, it was wrong, but I, I had no hope left in me. Well, you, you know, also had a lot of concussions, of yeah. It just was... Uh, out of frustration, mm-hmm. I invited it in, and that's all something like that needs. Mm-hmm. Is that one little thing you tell it that gives it domain over you? Mm-hmm. I literally invited a demon into me. We had I you you didn't have to tell me anymore that I felt like this was after blood because it made it clear that it was. Um, most of the really bad stuff happened within a one month period, starting with bill my stepdad and then you know going moving on to the animals and then the neighbor so by the time we left we got as much stuff as we could get in the car and my mom was already up in virginia we had got we had found buddy the horse we had found him a good home and it was just like let's go we're not looking back and um yeah i haven't been back to north carolina since because it was that impactful on me yeah so. We'll, we'll cover we'll cover what happened after we left. We thought we'd left it there, but 
we wasn't so lucky. We'll cover that on another episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. If you have any questions about this or, you know, just want to share any story that you have, please go to the website or, you know, our Facebook page at Metaphysical Dentist and, you know, write down any questions. Or you could email us at right. metaphysicaldentist.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or join our Facebook uh, group under Metaphysical Dentist. We're on Twitter, Instagram, under the same names. Check out Lightseed Oracle on Facebook for Reiki and Reiki. Like I do Reiki and yeah. Some I can't. Other stuff. I don't have the right speakwidge to say the <laughs> words. <laughs> but please, and if you want to share your story or just tell us about it, please share because I love hearing other people's stories. And you know, no, you're not crazy. Um, there are other people that have experienced it. Don't tell your psychiatrist. They don't like that stuff. No. But you can definitely talk to us about it. And we might invite you to the show. Right. You know, on right. Zoom or in person. You know, we yeah. want to we want to make this interactive so everyone, everyone can tell the story. And, you know, and a lot of the shows in the future, I don't want to always talk about the macabre. Um, I like to talk about things we did to help us with solutions because that was the things we were lacking. Luckily, we had some good people come into our life and yeah. kind of help us. But, you know, if we'd have had some of this information before, maybe we'd have been a little bit more ready, prepared. But anyway, you know, we're going to be trying to focus in the future more on how we got through it, um, what it all meant, and healing from it, and, you know, just moving forward. So, you know, we did experience some miracles after we left that house. Chris quit having um, the seizures. Almost um, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And I had had a long, long-going issue with, with chronic migraines that um, surprisingly just kind of started to clear up finally. Um, and now I am pain-free. I am a Reiki master, so that helps. But We are more cautious than curious these yeah. days. <laughs> so join us for our next podcast, and we'll go over some more. Leave your questions. Tell us your stories. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great day. Thank you. Well, Nora thought she saw a ghost, but uh, I didn't I say anything. A Twisted Attic production.